Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 60 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. Welcome back if you've listened before and a big welcome if this is your first episode. My name is Robert Ober and I hope that you and your dog are well. This week, my guest from the US is Ryan Venturine and we'll be hearing all about his Belgian Malinois siren. But first, in some doggy news, there is a current recall for some of the brands that come under Sunshine Mills Incorporated, which include Triumph, Evolve, Wild Harvest, Nurture Farms, Heart to Tail, Pure Being and Elm Pet Foods due to uh, potential contamination because of elevated levels of aflatoxin, and I've probably said that wrong. If you're in the US and a fan of dog parks, one near you might need a little bit of a upgrade. You may check out a website called Bark for Your Park, which is run by a company called PetSafe and they are wanting to give some money to improve some conditions in local communities' dog parks and they have uh, narrowed down their list and they've got 30 finalists there and you can see if there is one of them near you. And speaking of support, if anyone would like to support this show you can head over to coffee.com, that's ko-fi.com, The Relaxed Dog, and you can help make this a better podcast. And now is this week's interview. Welcome to The Relaxed Dog Podcast. I'm here with Ryan Venturine. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm going great. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. So whereabouts in the world are you located? Uh, we're, uh, I'm located out here in Marysville, Ohio. It's about uh, 20 minutes uh, northwest of uh, Columbus, Ohio. So it's not Australia, but <laughs> it's about as Midwest, the middle of America as you can get. <laughs> and who are we going to talk about today? You know, today I'm going to love to talk about Miss Siren. She's a nine-year-old Belgian Malinois female, uh, one of my uh, first working dogs that uh, that I got. Nice, nice. Um, as per normal, I'm going to ask you to take us back in time to just before you guys met and talk to us about the, the hows and whys that that connection happened. Huh, absolutely. Well... Uh, gosh, it, it kind of goes back uh, about 12 years ago um, where I was living in corporate America, wearing a suit and tie every day, and uh, had my own business out in uh, Los Angeles, California. Um, and uh, I figured I started to get lost a little bit um, in that corporate America setting. 
life was good. Life was easy. Um, but I lacked purpose. And so I was trying to figure out what could I do with my life? Um, and how could I move forward? And I always loved dogs, grew up with dogs. My, my parents, I mean, we had the big dogs, we had the small dogs and there was always just something special about them. Um, but as I was looking to, to try to make this, this change, I was trying to figure out what could I do where I could be outdoors every day? What could I do that could, could give me purpose and, and give back to the community? Um, and at that time, uh, medical marijuana just came on scene, um, in California. And so I was always kind of, a, you know, always an entrepreneur. Um, and we, I saw kind of a, a void that needed to be filled with, uh, um, elementary school and junior high school kids that unfortunately were getting access to it. And so I wanted to get into, uh, the detection into schools and, uh, and parents' homes and helping them, um, you know, eradicate the, the problem of, uh, of marijuana, um, with their, uh, 10 year old and, and 12 year old. So I figured I want to learn how to, uh, how to train dogs. Um, didn't really know anything about it. Um, just the dogs that I always grew up with, but I knew I wanted to do something with, uh, with the dogs. Um, and so I, I took off to St. Petersburg, Russia, um, to learn how to do, uh, this training coming wow. from Los Angeles. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, wow, that's a, that's a bit of, yeah. <laughs> bit of a jump and a distance to go for some training. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I kind of figured I took a leave of absence from my company and I said, you know, the only way I'm going to do this is I have to go all in. Um, I'm either going to be committed to it um, um, or I'm not going to, or I'm not going to do it. Um, little did I know what I was about to embark on. Um, so this was pretty much kind of a fantasy in my mind, uh, um, you know, coming from corporate America and just, you know, at that time I thought I could do anything and everything was going to be easy. Um, but that was quite, quite the jump, uh, going into, uh, to Russia, St. Petersburg and starting to learn, um, how to, uh, approach the canine. Um, and that's where my personal life started to change. Um, and when I, when I returned from Russia, um, I went to get my first dog. And, uh, when I was in Russia, you know, they told me the, a Belgian Malinois is the dog that I needed. I uh, had zero experience, no idea what a Belgian Malinois was. Um, when I was over there, I worked with German Shepherds and in the States, I knew what German Shepherds were. Um, but I, I embarked on trying to find a Belgian Malinois and I found a gentleman in, uh, um, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, that just had a litter of Belgian Malinois. And I asked my friend at the time, Hey, you want to drive 14 hours round trip to go pick up a Belgian Malinois? Um, they agreed. Um, probably they probably wish they never did agree. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm driving, uh, seven hours to, to go get this, uh, this canine. And, uh, that's where I met, um, Siren for the first time. Um, and she came out and, uh, running around the garage chasing, uh, they had some cats at the time and this little puppy was trying to, trying to go after all the cats and play with them as their cats are swapping her in the face. And Siren just kept going, uh, very playful and took her home that, that, uh, night on the drive back. Um, and that first night was probably, uh, the, the night that I questioned, what am I doing? Uh, <laughs> because that was probably the most I've, I've never, I, I finally realized there to, to me, this is my own personal opinion, there, there are dogs. And then there's this Belgian Malinois. Um, and, and just, I had no idea what I just did. 
Um, and this, uh, this dog and I pretty much that whole night, I had to hold her all night, um, just to try to get her to, to calm down, to, to try to go to sleep. Um, it was, I mean, as the night progressed, she just progressed higher and higher with energy wanting to do, uh, just think, you know, things nonstop. I couldn't keep her out of the, you know, from the toilet paper, I couldn't keep her out of from grabbing towels or knocking a vase over or pitchers. Or, I mean, it was like, I brought a tornado, um, or a Tasmanian devil <laughs> into the home. Um, and I, I really, that's, that's kind of where, where my anxiety and, and everything started at that, at that moment. Uh, but little did I know, um, siren, uh, literally changed my life forever and my perspective on life. And, uh, and, and she brought me uh, purpose and our, our relationship started, uh, from that moment on, um, you know, that 14 hour round trip from, uh, Arizona to where Siren and I started traveling, uh, the whole United States together. Um, I mean, any relationship I had prior, um, I got out of it and it was me and Siren 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We didn't, uh, there wasn't anything that we didn't do, whether it was going to, to, to the beach, um, or going to the mountains, um, you know, Siren was uh, always uh, by my side. So that's kind of how, how I met Siren and, and how it started. That's what I should ask. A seven-hour seven hour car trip back initially, how, how was that? Well, seven, seven hours back? Yeah, well, seven, yeah, seven hours there, but it was probably maybe 20 hours back. 20 hours back. We, Siren made me uh, – we, we were stopping about every 30, 45 minutes and uh, – at every truck stop I could find and, uh, you know, um, for her potty breaks, uh, but her potty breaks turned into explorations and, um, they, they were, they were quite the, uh, the timeouts, but, uh, um, she curled up actually on my, uh, armrest and she would sleep for that 30 minutes. But then when she would wake up, it was, uh, it was like a little monster, um, was, was inside my truck. I, I equated to, uh, when she was sleeping, she'd be like a gremlin. If you ever saw gremlins, uh, gizmo, she was just very cute and fluffy and, and sweet. Um, but then when she woke up, it was like somebody fed her after midnight. Um, and she turned into, um, quite, quite, uh, quite the girl. Um, it's her name siren kind of from the a mermaid of old, of the old folklore, um, at night when they turned into that siren east. Um, but always for the better. It was just her uh, amazing, uh, but for me, as a as a, a young green uh, dog handler, dog person, um, there's nothing I've never seen anything like that before. So, what was the initial sort of setup at home? Did she have a, a crate or? <laughs> yeah, um, well, I thought it was a normal dog, so I I just had a a, a little crate, um, which uh, um, that didn't hold her. Um, I had a bed with, uh, I thought it'd be, oh, let's get her as many cute stuffed animals and toys as possible. Um, but they, uh, I don't know how much money I spent and, and literally watched her within seconds shred every single toy that I got for her, uh, a nice fluffy down bed that I thought would be uh, amazing for her. And, and, and I spared no costs. Um, but that was probably the dumbest thing I could have ever done <laughs> as I learned real quick. <laughs> it was just, I just, I just bought her 15 minutes of, uh, happiness and that was about it. So after that, uh, siren learned, uh, quick, it, 
she, uh, she, uh, um, had just a, a kennel, um, nothing on it. And I ha- had to pretty much sleep next to her, um, as she grew up. Um, just, uh, I have a rule where I have to keep her from her, but we, we learned and adapted quickly to where, uh, yeah, after, after that, it was always in bed with me. Um, and, uh, it, I mean, we were inseparable. So, and if she couldn't be with me, uh, she would let you know it. Nice, nice. So what about some of the uh, initial outings after you, you bought a home and was in going yeah, out for I, walks and training and stuff like that? Absolutely. I was very lucky. Uh, it, I, I mean, we would go to the beach. So, so Siren as a young dog was, was learning to, to be in the ocean. Um, she loved waves, getting her on a surfboard, um, you know, from a very early age, it's, so we understand environmentals are key to everything and, and, uh, building nothing but confidence with, with the young dog. Um, I would take her up, uh, to the Pacific crest trail. My home was right off the Pacific crest trail. And, um, for your listeners, Pacific crest trail goes from Mexico all the way through to, uh, to Canada. And, uh, there's, uh, the branch right there in, in California and the, uh, San Bernardino mountains that Siren and I would pack up. Uh, camping gear, we would get uh, um, onto a, kind of a four wheeler and we would launch ourselves off into the, the national forest. And that's where the training really, really began, where um, it's kind of that lava effect where we were training in this environment, but the dog never knew we were training. Um, so we were learning agility by having to navigate uh, deep creek, these giant boulders and, you know, running freshwater streams as the, the snow melt would come down, um, learning, you know, um, to, to stay on trail or, or uh, you know, long lines we would use. But the communication um, was developed very quickly um, with each other uh, because I needed her to listen to me as much as she needed me to listen to her. Um, learning, we learned to read each other very quickly uh, as well. Um, but we were, we were nonstop. And I think that was probably, I was very lucky that I was able to, to do that, to spend 24 hours. But that's where, you know, when we look at some of our animals, um, you know, this couldn't be a dog that I could just put away for eight hours and go to work for, for eight hours and then come home and, and expect happiness, um, and expect the dog to be happy. Um, I was just, uh, it was just a moment in time where our two, two energies, you know, where we came together and we met where, you know, as a canine, she has her realm and as a human, I have mine, but we learned to, to overlap and where we overlapped is where we lived in, um, for, um, for about two years together, um, nonstop. So on the trails and the hiking, is there any sort of things that come to mind, like uh, other species interactions and stuff like that? Yeah, was, uh, we learned how to avoid rattlesnakes real quick, um, which was, a, you know, I can't stand snakes to begin with. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But up there in, in that Pacific Crest Trail, you know, um, you know there's a lot of uh, the rattlesnakes. There's, there's a lot of coyotes. Um, but Siren, as her confidence kept building, she learned to, to notify me of danger. She learned, um, you know, was never trained to her. Um, but whether that's, uh, her, her, her original DNA or just an instinct that she had, um, because I know now with, with my other canines, we do that type of training where we have to introduce them to them. 
and, and show them. Um, but uh, Siren was very good at uh, as finding um, what's just led her into her working as a working dog. She just had this natural innate ability, um, this gift, um, which, uh, you know, I, I always will tell people, I never trained Siren. Um, Siren trained me. I just showed her opportunities. Um, but the dog was just, uh, I'm very lucky with her. She was just gifted. Um, and it's hard to find. I mean, we always kind of say, you know, some dogs are, are a little bit special than others, but, uh, you know, Siren had this, uh, this ability. Um, and I still, to this day with, with all my now knowledge over these 12 years, um, I have never been able to duplicate or see, um, another, um, canine that possessed that, uh, that special level. Um, so now Siren actually, she's an instructor for me in my business where, you know, um, I'm big on the, um, imitative method. And so Siren, uh, is always a, a dog that, uh, we bring out to teach all the other dogs, um, which is a, a, a great tool to have, but just a, a great instructor to have and, and still watch her work at almost, you know, she's nine years of age, but she acts as if she's a, a four-year-old puppy dog. <laughs> Quite often I say to, to different people, sometimes whether, whether it's karma or whether it's just the energies in the universe or whatever you believe in, but to have a certain dog meet a certain person and it's just meant to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of where, you know, I couldn't agree more where I was at a point in my life that, um, I was lost and you know, for, for the energies or, uh, the stars being aligned or exactly what, whatever has happened. Um, but meeting her and having her meet me, um, and where we, she took me in my life. Um, she led me to purpose. Um, and with her, um, our, we have a very special relationship. Um, and then just, just the, that energy, um, that we experience with each other, that dualism, um, is just quite, quite unique that I've never been able to, it's just been what she's shown me and how she's healed me. Um, but how she's motivated me, um, again, unfortunately, um, I've never been able to feel that with with a human species. Um, but it's, it's quite unique. Uh, the, the power that this one particular canine, um, whether she's been reincarnated, uh, and she's coming from, you know, whatever other lives, but you just, uh, when I'm, you know, when you're with her and you can see when you see inside her eyes and, and that connectivity, um, that she, when she looks in your eyes and there's a, a depth that's, that's going on there. Um, it's a very special moment and, you know, even to this day talking to you about her, um, um, just the emotion that I'm bringing that that's coming over me from, you know, the, the nine years of being with her of all the, the montage that's playing in my head right now of all these moments. Um, um, she's you know, without a doubt has made me a better person, um, for the long run for just how I interact with with my, my neighbor, um, my employees or uh, other dogs. Um, it's, it's, it's been very, uh, I'm very, very blessed and very grateful to, uh, to have her. So just to go back with, uh, toys and things that she likes to, uh, <laughs> sort of like a reverse engineer, were there any, was it, was there one that she sort of didn't? Destruct. You know that. 
uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I finally learned, you know, um, Kongs were something that, that would take her a bit to destruct. Um, but as I, uh, I, I teach off of the four tempers. Um, so I study the four tempers and, and Siren, I classify as a chloric canine. Um, and as I built Siren, um, which Siren being such my, my really first true green dog, I overbuilt her. Um, so she was already, she was already a 10 and I turned her into a 20, um, where I, I didn't need to do that. I needed actually, I needed to be more sangi in my approach with her. Um, but, uh, yeah, from a, from toys, um, she shifts kind of like a Ferrari from, um, a, a ball, um, to a tug, um, you know, sirens, a dual purpose dog. So you put on a bite sleeve to a bite suit, um, and you watch the dog with intensity shift her mindset, um, as the toys are brought out. Um, but Siren, uh, you know, from that, that stage where I watched her, you know, eat, you know, several hundred dollars with the toys. Um, I learned that a toy cannot be left with you. So I, I toy deprived her, um, her whole life. So she's only, when she sees toys, it's only when we're training. Um, other than that, she, she doesn't get any toys, but she'll find my tennis shoes. She'll find my hats. She'll find my clothes. She'll find my towels, Gatorade bottles, anything that she can get her mouth on. She's going to get it, um, and want to play with you with it. Um, so I just learned to, 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 to teach with her, to teach her, you know, how, how we need to play with toys. Um, and that's where we just always started training. Um, so I basically trained her to where I, I trained her mind and, and, and created balance, um, within the canine, um, because being a chloric dog and siren was so over the top, um, I needed to find balance with her and within myself. Um, so that's when I started deploying different techniques with siren and really building that brain development and figuring out how to, to, to exhaust her mentally. Um, instead of physically, uh, because I see that a lot with, with those, our chloric dogs, we think, oh, I need to go outside and throw uh, a ball, you know, for an hour to exhaust my dog. Well, you know, on, on those type of dogs, uh, you're only going to hurt the dog at the end, um, from a structural standpoint, uh, the physiology is just not, just not there. They show you that they can do it, but at the end of the day, I'm breaking down that dog in the long run. So, um, that's when we started playing more of the cognitive games. Um, really, really attacking it from a mental aspect, um, her olfactory, um, really developing and building olfactory. And then she loves to play tug of war. So that's where, you know, if I'm trying to work on the computer and do something here, I'm getting, you know, bomb rushed by siren with, a, you know, she'd have a tug of war of rings in her mouth, rubber rings. And she'd want to, she want to play with that, um, as she would thrash and hit me side to side, or she'd go grab a rope or she'd go grab a towel, anything she could to, to interact with me wanting to play that tug of war game. I mean, it's kind of like, I would always say you could buy your kid a, a baseball glove and it's a really cool gift, but at the end of the day, they want to go outside and play catch with you. Um, that's where the interaction, um, really came from. And so anything she could get her mouth on to play with you, um, was a toy for Siren. So which made training her really easy. Ah, nice. So being that dual purpose dog, did 
you train the the bite work and the and the scent work uh, together or at the same sort of? I will introduce them around the same time, or will they lay it in separately? Yeah, absolutely. No, they they we. Um, I firmly believe uh, not to do uh, any true bite work until until the dog is two years of age. I think the dog's just not mature enough. Um, I think structurally, from a physiology standpoint, the dog's not developed. Um, so the last thing I want to do, I want to have my dogs be with me healthy for, for a very, very long time. The last thing I want to do is create disc herniations, uh, um, you know, pinched nerves, um, damaged shoulders, uh, because the dog, you know, until they're about 30 months of age, 26, 30 months, structurally, they're just not fully developed. Um, then from a mindset standpoint, I, I believe in the, the brain development, the dog truly doesn't understand um, what is real, what isn't. Um, everything to me is always a game. But as long as that dog wants to play tug of war with me, well, we're going to play tug of war, tug of war, tug of war. I might inter- introduce the bite sleeve uh, and come back to it. But if they want to do that, then they're definitely going to want to do the, the bite stuff. I always feel the olfactory is the hardest to do. Uh, especially when you're dealing with the Melanois. Melanois, um, I think there's 50% DNA that the Melanois has um, that was God-given and, and gifted to them. Then there's the other 50% that I can shape and, and change. So they naturally want to play that bite game. Um, the olfactory is what we really focused on the first two years of her life, was really building her search work, her olfactory. Um, hide-and-go-seek games were, were huge for us. Um, scent discrimination was big, um, was trying to fool the dog. Um, and there's so much that needs to go into, um, having a good detection search dog where, um, two years, I mean, that's just not even enough time. I mean, still to this day at, at nine years of age, we're working on things with, with the old factory, the bite stuff is easy. Um, if we like it, I, you know, it looks sexy. It looks great. looks cool and all that, but at the end of the day, with what, uh, you know, professionally with what Siren does, the probability of her having to go do a bite is slim to none. It's fun to, to, to do it in the, the trials or to show people. Uh, but at the end of the day, where Siren saves lives and changes people's lives is with her nose. Um, so the better the, her nose can be, um, that's where we really, we really did a strong focus on that. What age did she actually start to work professionally? Siren professionally, um, by the time I got pretty much everything in order, she started to work at about three and a half, four years of age professionally. So she was a little bit older. Um, you know, usually my, my dogs uh, will go to work at the year, um, you know, right after the 24-month period. Um, they'll start being deployed for the old factory. Um, I've had some younger dogs that uh, – I felt we pushed a little too much. They were males at the time, but males are a little bit uh, more susceptible to the training and to working earlier than our females. Um, and they, they went to work at 18 months. But Siren, Siren hit professionally about that three and a half year um, age range. Um, we were spending too much time, I think, traveling the United States together. Um, so we did, uh, I think that's one reason why Siren is so phenomenal in her environmentals. It was just the exposure um, that she had growing up. Um, you know, she was kind of, she kind of grew up living a life of hanging out with a truck driver pretty much. So 
there wasn't anything at an early age during her fear stage that she didn't see. Um, and she didn't see in a very, um, non-stressful, uh, way. So we, you know, everything was just a great moment for Siren growing up a great. So all of her triggers are just, uh, she's a highly confident dog. And I think strongly because of, uh, growing up driving through Colorado, the Rockies, you know, New Mexico, um, all the way out through Minnesota, um, you know, spending 60 below degree weather, um, and watching icicles form off of her saliva, um, as we're, you know, playing ball drive and, and digging snow tunnels, uh, um, you know, um, and again to the Pacific crest trails and then to the beaches of Malibu. I mean, the dog, uh, she really, really was introduced, uh, well, which unfortunately I wish I could do that with all my other dogs. Uh, but I think that's just one, one way why Siren and I have that little extra connection, um, to each other. So a couple of questions I want to get sort of back into there. So when, when traveling around, when she was a little bit older, where did she sort of like stay in the, in the vehicle? Um, well, she really never, she always stayed, came with me. Um, I never, I mean, if we were in a hotel and it said no dogs, uh, I was always doing, the the one where I'd be sneaking her in under jackets or, um, you know, trying to, trying to go in back doors or I would stay out in the car until, you know, the front desk would disappear and I would scurry in with her real quick, uh, as she would try to maybe take a sandwich off the, the top as we would go in. But, um, she was never kenneled. Um, she, she sits, uh, you know, still to this day, uh, she's the only dog that has ever, ever been able to do it, but she rides shotgun with me. Um, uh, she wants to be captain of the ship. Um, so she's, uh, which is always great. I, I never have to lock the doors of my car. Um, you know, if I have to run into the gas station and grab something, but yeah, she, she sits, uh, shotgun with me at that time when we were traveling in the U S the back of my, my truck was, was all hers, but, uh, that lasted very few seconds before she made her, her way to the front. Um, and then it became, do I want to correct this behavior or is this something I'm going to learn to live with? And, uh, with Siren, I just, uh, I, I made a deal with her that, uh, this is one I'm going to live with. Mm-hmm. So you can have shotgun. So during a lot of the, the travels, how do you think that, that she had a preference for hotter or cooler? weather and, and, and how did she cope in those extremes? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Uh, I was very curious to see when we got into Minnesota, how she was going to handle, uh, you know, those, 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 uh, those winters. Um, but she, she, she found the snow to be fascinating. Um, so it didn't matter if it was 30 below with the windshield, she, uh, absolutely just, uh, would, uh, dive right into that snow. Um, her drive was the same as, as if we were in New Mexico. Um, she would just, as, as long as she was with me, she could care less what the environment was dictating. It was all about playing the game. Um, she's just a, a great gamer. The only thing that you see nowadays is if it's raining, um, she'll look up at me and she'll give me a little bit of that attitude that, I mean, you're not going out there. And I'm not going out there. Um, <laughs> so she, she does refuse to go out in the rain. Um, she doesn't want to, uh, for whatever reason, um, unless you bring a toy, she might still think twice, but yeah, she, the environment, uh, again, like I said, it, it was, if she was with me, she just wanted to do whatever I was doing. Um, and she did it at a high level. Wow, nice. 
Um, when you sort of got into settling down, did she have any sort of like closer doggy friends? Yeah. Um, well, so I always wanted, as I was building my business, um, I knew I needed to get another melon wall. And so, uh, um, that's when, uh, a year later, uh, her uh, stepsister was born, uh, named Sierra. And so, uh, I did, uh, I came home one day with, uh, with Sierra and I still remember, you know, opening the door and Siren would wait so patiently at that door for me to come to walk in the door. And I walked in with, uh, with Sierra and I could see her eyes were very excited to see me until she scanned over and she saw Sierra and she pretty much just turned and walked away. Um, <laughs> probably the oops uh, at that time was um, like, how, how could you, how dare you do this? Uh, how dare. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but from that moment on, um, it was beautiful to watch her take uh, the big sister role. And uh, Sierra was a dog that I call Sangi. Um, but, but Siren, uh, every day since has never been left alone without, uh, her, her, her half sister, excuse me, her half sister, um, Sierra. And they, and then it became the two of them with us as we just kept building and building, uh, from a business standpoint, but, uh, Siren loves other dogs. Um, that's one thing that I always have to try to keep her away from other dogs because some people, especially in, if, if we're out in the neighborhood, if Siren sees another dog, uh, she just wants to do nothing but play with them. Um, but you have to be careful because when people see Siren approach, um, she's coming at you like a Ferrari and seeing a Malinois approach you like a Ferrari becomes very worrisome. Um, but you just have to try to explain, you know, please don't worry. Uh, this, this dog is, is like a poodle, um, just wants to just uh, play, play, play. So Siren makes friends very, very easily. Um, out and about. Absolutely. Nice. Um, Are you able to talk much about when she did start to work professionally, what she did and any sort of major achievements there? So when we started to work professionally, we were were a private company. Um, So we were working with uh, PTAs and working with parent groups and we would be hired at that time uh, in California and then in Minneapolis to go into people's homes um, where parents would uh, be suspecting something. Um, and they would call us up because at that, at that point, they didn't want to involve law enforcement. Um, this wasn't something they wanted to get their 10-year-old you know, already you know, having law enforcement, uh, whether or not they wanted other neighbors to, to, to have that or uh, or see the optics of it. Um, so we were very discreet. We marketed ourselves as being very discreet, but we marketed ourselves that we'd come into the home. And so Siren started to go into the home, which was the perfect dog to be bringing into people's homes. Um, I brought the, a very radical dog into a home, um, whether it was a 2,000 square foot home up to you know 6,000 square foot home. But Siren would uh, methodically work their house um, and we would either find something that belonged to the child or, um, you know, we didn't. So we either gave the, the peace of mind to that parent that, you know, nothing is going on here, or we did find something, but then we were able to then help guide 
and connect the parents to, to outside help or outside places where they could then seek that counseling um, to help their child. Um, why this was something that, uh, you know, that the child shouldn't be partaking in. So from us, where I left that corporate America, all of a sudden sirens started giving me that sense of purpose. And now, now, I mean, yeah, we're, I'm filthy. I got dog hair all over me. I got slobber all over me. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're a complete wreck. It's no longer the sexy suit and tie driving the nice fancy cars. Um, but getting in that car and leaving with siren and seeing that she just found, you know, um, uh, heavy narcotics, but hopefully we just changed that family for the better. Um, we, we left it with where that could have gone a different direction and hopefully by what siren did, um, the family could go in more of a positive direction. And then as siren's reputation got out there within the community, as we're giving back down to, to the community and hoping keeping that community safer. Um, Siren would just have win after win and, you know, became heavily in, in demand. Um, Siren working in her corporations here in uh, corporate America, um, going in, um, you know, to, to a facility that has 5,000 employees. Um, you know, we have, you know, a thousand rows of lockers that we need to check, but, um, and having Siren, when within those facilities and seeing management, seeing uh, the people that were skeptical about these programs, but ha- watching them watch her work. Um, it's kind of a, a beautiful thing. I just tell them, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm like an Uber driver. I just show up, I get the dog out, I bring her in and I let her do what she magically does. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. And, um, you know, uh, watching, you know, a fortune 500 company be blown away and be amazed by what the power of this canine can do um, is very special. Um, and seeing her remove uh, sirens and narcotic dog. So watching her remove narcotics off the street. Um, and hopefully, you know, like I said, hopefully we saved that person's life. Uh, even if it, at the end of the day, brother, even if it's one person's life that, that siren changed and siren saved um, in her nine, you know, what's in her seven year career, or six year career, excuse me. Um, that's, it's all worth it. Absolutely, um, All worth it. And, and then just uh, the, the fact the way siren sets up these other young dogs. Um, I mean, she's quite the leader and, and very inspirational. I'm just curious, did you have much sort of, uh, to do with the actual law enforcement agencies and was there any sort of a collaboration work there? Yep. So Siren uh, trains with the law enforcement agencies. Siren never went to work with any law enforcement agencies. Siren trained our other Melanois that we've delivered to law enforcement agencies. Um, so um, Siren is, uh, um, you know, when we partake in our training days and other agencies or other officers get to work with Siren or operate Siren, um, the way I'm able to teach again, like I said, off the four tempers, not only was Siren not working to, to find like the narcotics for a law enforcement agency, but what we were able to teach and what we're able to teach our officers in law enforcement by observing Siren, by having that officer operate Siren um, to where Siren is a dog that anybody can operate. Um, what she teaches them from an educational standpoint and then how to be better with their canine 
um, is what Siren has been used for within those law enforcement agencies. Um, so she's been very much an instructor um, where, you know, us as humans, I can tell you over and over and over again, I can try to educate you. I can try to drill it into you left and right, but sometimes it just doesn't take. So here, let me use the, again, the power of the dog and let Siren teach you. Let Siren teach your dog. Let Siren show your dog why they missed that hide and watch your dog, watch Siren, then find that hide. And this is how, this is how you need to do it. This is how um, the transformation or the threshold will change within your development as a law enforcement officer um, in the community. But that's about Siren's, Siren's work within law enforcement. And, and we continue it to this day. Nice, nice. Well, what a, what a professional canine. Yeah, she, she, she's very special. She, she, she is very special. <laughs> um, what would you think would be her preferred environment outside? Oh, a preferred environment outside? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe just to, to like relax and, and just be her. I like it. To be in, in Sydney on the beach right now, that's probably <laughs> where where would be her her preferred environment. Right, right uh, now you'd be very lonely. We're in another lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what, that's what I hear. Well, maybe she could go out by herself. Uh, <laughs> she'd have the run of the city. Um, yeah, um, Siren Siren loves to bask in the sun. Um, it could be you know ninety degrees outside, and I'll look out. You know, and she'll just be laying dead center, uh, no shade. Uh, she loves to heat herself up. Um, you know, like in the wintertime, she'll, she'll sleep basically almost in the fireplace. Um, but I would say, yeah, she, siren loves, uh, loves being outside sunny days, laying in the grass, um, just waiting for, you know, you to come outside and say, let's go to work. Um, so preferred environment. Yeah. Very, um, just within nature. Um, the dog is very connected and well-grounded to, to the elements of nature. Nice. Question I asked all of my guests is to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate. <laughs> I can't believe my dog ate my sandwich. <laughs> um, siren is you, you learn real quickly and I would try to warn my friends. Don't, don't turn for two seconds, but, uh, and that was another behavior I just learned to live with because it was a rule that I just established amongst the people. Um, Siren's very opportunistic. Um, she'll sit there in the kitchen. She'll watch you spend a tedious amount of time of making a sandwich to perfection. Um, and then you can have it in your hand. And if you get distracted to talk to somebody, she's incredibly uh, quick. Um, and you're going to be left empty handed. So uh, in the beginning, I learned the hard way and I, I, it's very funny. That's your question because I, I remember turning to a colleague and I said, I can't believe she ate my sandwich. Um, so you know, she'll tear up things. She'll tear up toys. She'll tear up this, she'll tear up that, but she will, uh, she, she's a, a sucker for a good, uh, you know, uh, turkey with avocado, um, on, on, on rye. Um, she, she very much yeah, loves, uh, loves a good sandwich, a good hoagie. So, <laughs> how has her health been throughout her life? Oh, fantastic question. We, uh, we as an organization, we lead heavy, heavily with our uh, health program. 
So when we got into this, we're, we're very big on, um, we have our elite style, we have our athletic style, but then we're, we have our health style. So while we're, we're building our dogs, uh, siren will enter in hydrotherapy, um, twice a week. Um, so we have a hydro tank that we get our dogs in. Um, not only do we use the hydro tank to reduce stress, um, to build confidence, to build power, uh, but to work on, you know, osteoarthritis that just naturally develops, um, um, within the canine. Um, so we can change it to the temperature of the water, um, in the winter time, if it, if it is cold and snowing outside, it's hard to exercise the dog to get movement out of that dog. Um, so we're able to get siren into the hydro tank. We're able to get that water up to 90 degrees, 85, whatever we feel is, uh, conducive for her workout and getting her stretched out. So not only that's kind of with the, the dualism as well, um, we train the mind, but we also train the body just as important. Um, especially a dual purpose dog. Unfortunately, um, you know, working in law enforcement, we see so many of these dogs get beat up, um, get compression injuries, the soft tissue, uh, tearing a shoulder, um, which ends their career very early. Um, but when we spend so much time and so much investment on building and creating these dogs, it's almost when you, you get the dog to be nine and you go, gosh, I, I just got my dog exactly where I want her. Well, now it's time to retire her. Um, and so we believe on the longevity of the working dog, but then when it is time to retire, that dog can continuously, um, live a good fruitful life. So siren, um, it, it, you know, weekly basis is in the hydro tank. And then we follow it up every week. She gets photobiomodulation. We call it laser therapy, um, where depending on whatever, uh, Nixon, you know, just like any career, career of an athlete. Um, you know, sirens had her injuries throughout the year. Well, they're monitored. We put her on a stance analyzer. Um, a stance analyzer is kind of like a, you know, getting your car balanced. We want to see 60, 40 in proportion, 60% on the front, 40% on the back. Um, and then we're able to get right side, left side. So we get to see that stance, that true gait. Um, back in the day, all right. We'd always have to kind of look at our dog and go, oh, gosh, is, is she walking funny? Is, is she not? Or, you know, is she hurt? And dogs are so stoic on the way they can Absolutely. mask pain that, you know, then we, we go ahead and we deploy that dog back into training and we're making that injury even worse. Um, so we, we first put her on that stance analyzer. We'll shoot the dog with infrared imaging to see, do we see heavy inflammation in, in any soft tissue areas? And then immediately we apply our photobiomodulation treatments. So we're constantly using that health program that we have um, leading the way with uh, our elite and athletic sides to what, to what we do. Um, that way we don't have siren on any medications uh, because the medications can affect her olfactory. Um, so especially with us on the private side, um, the legality of what we find and how we find it. Uh, we need to make sure that, you know, our dogs aren't under the influence, that anything has been manipulated. Um, so we don't want to be, have the dog taking narcotics for pain medication. Um, the inflammation from a long day's work, um, again, the hydrotherapy, the ice and stem really reduces it. So, so Siren gets treated better than I do um, at the end of the day, from, but she does all the work, so it's only fair. Uh, I, I, I applaud the philosophy and I love loving all the tools that you're using. 
Oh, cheers. Thank you. Has has she had to go to the the vets for anything major? Um, When she was early on, absolutely. Um, And that was probably a trainer error um, on my part. Um, you know, when you're, you're first pretty green and, uh, you know, you have a lot of information, but, um, Siren uh, was overworked during her development. Um, and she tore a shoulder. So she had a, a severe shoulder, uh, injury when she was younger, um, because, and that's what got me back into the biomechanics and, uh, you know, the physiology of the animal, um, where, you know, she wasn't fully developed. Um, and so when she tore that shoulder, um, it was quite the rehab process, but it was also as Siren has taught me so much in life and also in the professional side of it. Um, that's what led me into um, hydrotherapy. That's what then opened the door into uh, photobiomodulation at the time. It wasn't being used heavily, you know, um, eight years ago. It wasn't very heavy into being worked with dogs. I mean, we we're using laser therapy on humans and in athletics. Um, and just now is it getting more popular with horses and, and our dogs? Um, so it was a negative at that moment, but it turned into a blessing because at the, at that time, I'm like, I need to duplicate as I went to the specialists of the veterinarians, I need to bring that into my business. Um, and that's when, uh, we, uh, just opened up a health side of, of things within our company. And so now, Every single one of our dogs gets treated for for everything, but that would be uh, her her biggest injury. Uh, um, then during her bite work, she broke a canine, um, so then she had to get some dental work um, on just one of her canines. But after that, that was uh, you know we we really learned how to manage that Melanois well. And like I said before, learning to keep the Melanois you know keep the dog from itself. Um, so we take we make sure that we take every precaution. Uh, to make sure that she stays healthy um, because if a dog's in pain and if dog's not feeling good, um, dog's not working good. So we've, we've mentioned a few of our, our habits. Has he got any peculiar or individual habits that you can think of straight away? Ah, uh, uh, peculiar. Um, well, uh, I, I don't know if it would be a, a, a habit, but she, uh, she loves, uh, if, if you're, if she loves to be touched, so she loves, uh, you know, so if, if she was right here or it, it, it I guess is, is dangerous when you're driving. Uh, but she, uh, as she should, uh, sits a shotgun, um, she will reach her arm over and grab your arm off the steering wheel because she wants to be constantly at <laughs> it. Um, and then you're like, so if you have a coffee in your hand, you better hold on to that coffee strongly because next thing you know, she'll knock the coffee out of your hand, uh, to bring it over. Um, uh, other habits besides trying to eat your, your sandwich. She, she loves to, she loves to cuddle. So she's a big, uh, she's a big cuddler, um, which you, you see this dual purpose dog. That's the last thing that you're going to think about. Um, and, uh, gosh, uh, other habits. I mean, just just loves to work. Um, I mean, she's just bored out of her mind. If she's not working, even at nine years of age, um, she wants to be doing everything with, with everybody. And, and she wants to, she's the queen. She wants to be the center of, of attention. So habitually she, um, yeah, she wants to lead, she wants to work, she wants to teach and she wants to be, uh, be the center of attention. <laughs> nice. Um, 
What about with uh, things like grooming? Any particular issues there or mannerisms? No, well, she hates baths. Um, Siren is not a fan. Now, uh, her obedience will go out the window if she sees water. Um, she loves to swim. I mean, back up uh, in, in uh, California, you know, Siren and I would go off on a boat and uh, be in the center of the lake. And next thing I'd hear a splash. And I'd be like, please don't tell me that was her. And I would turn around and she'd just be swimming in the center of a lake. Uh, with boats, you know, screaming by. So she loves, she's heavy in the water. So I, I, I don't know why she refuses to, to want to take a bath. Uh, you get that hose out. I mean, now if it's, you're bringing out a hose and it's a, you're a bad guy. She loves that all day long, but um, you know, she, she understands real quick. She's, she's a, a shampoo bottle and a hose. Um, she, she looks like uh, she's the most coward, non-confident dog in the world and behavioral change that you've never seen before. And I'm to this day, I'm stumped. Uh, I can't figure, I just, I look at her and she looks at me as she walks sideways and try to get as far away as possible. Um, and it is, it's, it's quite interesting, but uh, the only way we can bathe uh, Siren now is we have to trap her and get her into a shower. Um, and basically she has to take a shower like an adult. And that's, that's the way we can uh, groom her. But brushing her, she has, it loves to be brushed, uh, loves to be touched, um, loves her nails done, loves her teeth brushed, um, loves to be massaged. Um, so she gets, you know, they, they all get their massages every two weeks. Um, so she loves to get a rub down. Uh, but yeah, but uh, don't try to don't try to shampoo her. Um, it's it's, it's going to be kind of like that Tom Hanks movie of Turner and Hooch. Um, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> If you had to pick one of the, the many, many sort of like, not so much or memories, but emotions and feelings in your head, that, that one time where there was that mental positive bonding connection, what immediately comes to mind now? Wow. Um, I, I would, I would say it was that first night that I had her. Um, it might seem weird and premature, but when, uh, that, that one night when I was holding her and, and she was going crazy and I, I couldn't get her to settle down and everything I tried or, or, or learned up to that point wasn't working. And I was, you know, literally, you know, questioning, you know, what have I done? What have I done? Um, as I've just sacrificed my, my whole life to get into this business. Um, and, uh, there became a moment where, when I was holding her, um, and we locked eyes and we locked eyes for, for quite a bit and she just completely stopped and she stopped all of her erratic neuro, uh, neurotic behavior. Um, and we just had kind of this moment, um, that is, is, is what I'm going to Definitely because it's so fresh still in my mind today. Um, you know, I can almost tell you how that room, what the room smelled like still, um, the temperature of the room, um, the, 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 the clock saying, you know, 452 in the morning and I haven't slept because I drove 14 hours to, to get her with, uh, you know, the extra time coming back. Um, but having that moment where, where she looked at me and I, I think that's where, whether it was a spiritual 
interaction or, or, uh, 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 it was quite unique and I still can't put my, my thumb on it. So I would say, since I can't explain it, um, that would have to, to be it. And, and ever since that moment, um, that's when, uh, the per my purpose of life really, really changed for the better. Um, but I would, I would say definitely then. Very nice. Very, very special. Very special. Very special. Very special. How many dogs ballpark do you think she would have trained now? Oh gosh. <laughs> I would say well over a hundred at, at, at this, at this point, uh, well over a hundred, well over a hundred dogs at, you know, probably, you know, uh, probably 125, 130 dogs that Siren has deeply influenced um, in her, in her, in her, uh, I call it short career. Um, but uh, I would think more importantly, besides the, the dogs, I mean, including the, the, the special dogs that I have right now, her heavy influence, but I would think it, it's also how many humans has Siren influenced um, is probably an, another big thing, which I would think is, is almost as special as all the dogs that she has worked with and, and taught, but just, uh, the minds that she has changed from the human condition of what the human thinks and thought until they've interacted with siren. Um, you could have the person that would be deathly afraid of, of, of a dog, uh, the phobias, the, the tensing up, the, the stress level, heart rate, everything, the sweat starting to happen um, until the interaction with Siren, um, a child, um, the, the schools that Siren has entered into um, with us doing, doing uh, demonstrations in front of young children um, and watching the young children gravitate uh, to, to siren, a siren can, can speak basically, uh, a language with you. Um, and I would think that's, that's is, is equally uh, is valued as, as well. But, uh, to, to, to answer your question, um, a little North of, of a hundred that siren has, has worked as we take our, our training, like I said, in our, in our business, we work with our dogs from the day they're born. Um, until they, they cross that 24 months to 30 months, and then we deliver them out into the field. So our dogs are with us for quite a long time before we, we, we deliver them. So you just mentioned the, like the classroom training with Siren. Is that another facet of the business, or how, how does that work? Yeah, and the, you, you mean the classroom, as in we, we call we, – we have our classroom, um, which – our classroom training, then we have the field out in the field training, right out in the environment. Uh, but, um, sorry, um, uh, with the school children. Yes. And okay. Taking Siren to, to schools. Yes. Is that sort of like a, you know, behave or we're going to find your stuff or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Great question. Yeah. Uh, no, we get a lot of requests that, um, what, uh, um, so this is, is not, a, not sirens going into the school to, to find anything sirens going into the school to show you who, who she is, um, and what she can do and the capabilities of a dog. Um, and then we also go, you know, we're instructing the young children how to, uh, approach dog safety. When you see a dog on the street, 
Um, you don't, um, you know, how to approach that dog. If it's even you're able to approach the dog, um, the, the do's and the don'ts. Uh, so it's more of a, an educational thing and then showing the power of the dog's nose. Um, and it's kind of a nice little, uh, it's a show and tell, I guess you could say. Um, but it's a, it's sirens time. Sirens very much, uh, a gamer, I guess you could say where, where siren loves an audience. Um, siren recognizes her audience very quickly and she loves to perform. Um, so she loves to show off and that's kind of, uh, her time to, to show off. And, uh, um, she loves it when the kids get, uh, excited and rowdy and uh, she shows her skill set. Um, and these, these young children see it. Um, and then they understand what, uh, what the dogs are there to do if they ever do see a dog. Um, and how they're there to, to help them and keep them safe. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it's very neat to see. It's been a very interesting conversation on, on Siren, another, another awesome dog. Oh, thank you, brother. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you having me on. I mean, I haven't, uh, I'm going to go see her right now and go spend a little time with her now that, that uh, we've been talking about her. But uh, um, thanks for, for making me, you know, relive all these great moments. Um, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. Do you want to um, give people your links to any of the social media and stuff like that if they, or you, and your business in case they want to find out more? Yeah. If anybody, uh, you know, you can find us on, on LinkedIn. Um, you know, we're MWD, uh, M is in Mary, W is in William, D is in David, the letter K and then the number nine. So you can find us on LinkedIn and then our website is that mwdk9.org. And so, uh, yeah, you can see we're, we're a video based website. So we like to show you what we do instead of tell you what we do. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can find us on those two platforms. Wow. That's great. Thank you very much again. It's been a kind of fascinating conversation. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, you know I'm going to say, go and tell a friend. Just like our new listeners in Berlin, Germany and Canberra, Australia have done. So thank you very much. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button before you turn off your device. Until next time, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.